Welcome to the Queen of Hearts podcast. And here's the queen herself, registered dietitian Heather Klug. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of 2021. It is a new year, and today on the Queen of Hearts podcast, I have a special guest with me. His name is Mike Rupsch. Hello, Mike. Hi, Heather. Mike and I work for the same healthcare organization, Advocate Aurora Health. Mike is a licensed professional counselor and also a licensed clinical social worker. Last year, Mike did an episode with me on the three different stress mindsets, and that was very interesting. If you haven't had a chance yet, please check that episode out. If you are listening to this episode from our Karen Yan Center YouTube channel, We will link it down below in the description. Mike has also been a guest speaker for a healthy lifestyle program that I teach and coordinate called the Living Well Program, and he shares with our participants his expertise on stress management, resilience, and happiness. Today, we are going to focus on creating health and happiness through resilience. Now, Mike, I've been hearing the word resilience quite a bit more over the past year, I think since COVID-19 struck. And I think I have a pretty good idea of what resilience is, but maybe let's start off with what that is or how you explain that to people. I usually explain it to folks talking about how we do resilience. But in a nutshell, resilience is the ability to thrive regardless of life circumstances. And my focus on resilience is what we do, the things that we do that help us become more resilient, better able to bounce back and tolerate stress, even thrive in difficult times. Yeah, well, according to that, I think everyone on planet Earth can relate and are probably thinking, I want more of that resilient stuff, or I just want to be more resilient. Yeah. And if you go online and search definitions, you'll see a couple different kinds of definitions. And the predominant definitions look at resilience as something that you get or you've got. I've got to get resilient. I'm not resilient enough. And my approach is from the science. It's an evidence-based approach that shows that if you practice the five components of resilience every day, you will become healthier and happier. Now, you might wonder, what does happiness have to do with it? The happier you are, the better you do. The science is very clear. Happiness translates into success. It translates into um, success at work, at home, in the community. People who are happier just simply do better. These five components of resilience that we're going to talk about definitely create and contribute to happiness. Five components of resilience. Physical resilience is about how we move. Mental resilience is about being a curious, lifelong learner, and also about how we think of or what we call mindset, what our mindset is about various things that happen in our life, that those contribute to mental resilience. Emotional resilience is about, again, about happiness, but it's about experience positive emotions, good feelings throughout the day. Social resilience is number four, and that is all about your social support network, the people in your life that that help you and that you help. And then the number five is what I call everyday creativity or creative resilience, and that's all about expressing the unique person that you are, and there are so many different ways that we do that. 
Well, that's very interesting. When I think of resilience, it's mostly about the physical and mental aspect that come to mind. So I can't wait to hear more about each of these. Before we go into each of the resilient types, it's important to point out that resilience isn't a fixed trait, right? Resilience is something everyone can learn. Absolutely. And the more you do it, the better you'll be at it. Now, I do want to mention that people do fall on a scale. Think of a bell curve. Some of your listeners may remember that from when they were in school and studying different things like scientific research. But even if you don't know what a bell curve is, just think of a line from left to right. Some people on the left side, we could say all the way on the left are the people who do really poorly when life gets challenging. And people on the right side of the line are people who do well no matter what. Now, Heather, you're a very positive person. You and I have known each other probably for about six or seven years. And I've always responded to you as you are a happy, positive person. And so you're probably on the right side of the line, some point on the right side. I'm a pretty average person. And even maybe when I started my journey of resilience about seven years ago, I was a little bit on the left side. And when I started to learn all about this, and I started to read what the scientists were writing about it and studying, I realized that I need to get on, move on the right side of the line. And so I started to practice these five components of resilience, and my life started to change, and people started to notice a difference. So resilience is not a fixed trait in that you can become more and more resilient. However, all human beings are different you know, constitutionally different. On the left side of that line, all the way at the end, are people who just have a hard time no matter what. And the people on the right are the people we really want to learn from because they're doing simple, easy things like these five components of resilience to feel better and to do well no matter what life presents. And actually, the psychologists who began to study this, they started out by studying those people. They would study the people who went through traumatic or difficult situations, and they would study the people who did exceptionally well. And they found these five components of, res of resilience. Okay. So we've talked about what resilience is. How about we talk about what resilience isn't? Because there are a few misconceptions. Mm -hmm. Resilience isn't like, oh, I just got to grin and bear it, or it isn't just get over it kind of thing, right? No, no. And it is all about what you can do. Thinking about something bad happens and someone says, come on, just get on with it. Even that ad that I think it was one of the running shoe stores had, this is quite a few years ago, that Just Do It had, mm -hmm. um, you know, that has a, a negative implication. That's like, oh, if you just do it, everything will be okay. But just doing it is a daily thing. You know, doing things to help us feel good is a daily thing we do every day. And the more we do it, the better and easier we feel and the easier it gets, Right. But to just say, just do it or just get over it is really not fair to what people are experiencing. It's really an and rather than but. We, we think of people have traumatic or difficult situations, but they can still strive, uh, thrive. But let's put the word and in there instead of but. Because when we put the word and in there, it values both things. If I go through a really traumatic, difficult experience, I need to feel the pain I need to feel the, the discomfort and the painful feelings of that traumatic event. 
that's essential to my recovering from that traumatic event. So I need to feel that and experience that process that. And there are lots of things I can do to help myself feel better as I go through that process. So you get the difference between but and and. And is a much more functional word and it values both sides of the story. Right. Because it's not like we're never going to experience stress or have any challenges in our life. We're going to have them, right? We have to know that that's okay, but that there are things we can do to get through that and maybe even come out a little stronger yep. after that's over, right? Yep. I, isn't that kind of how we build resilience is yes. we have these things that happen to us that maybe aren't so great when we're first looking at them, but then when we get to the other side, it's like, oh, look how I got through that. That wasn't fun. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt pretty crummy or I felt angry. I felt sad, whatever it was, but look at how I got through that. For me, I feel like those things are going to happen and we just learn from them and we can even grow from them in many cases. I'll I'll give you an example of how even in the midst of it, things can be better than they were. Here's an example. My father is 90 years old and he lives in Florida on his own. He's doing very well in spite of COVID, in spite of all the fears that we have about that. And of course, I'm I'm not able to go down there and see him because I'm I'm choosing not to, to do that. You know, I could be a carrier and not know it. So I'm not going to go and potentially infect my my thriving. And incidentally, my father is just like the classic example of someone who is resilient and is thriving no matter what. But my dad and I, we FaceTime every week. And our FaceTime calls usually are about an hour and a half long. Wow. They have become, they brought us closer. And and so in a sense, COVID has brought us closer because we can't Mm. be physically together. We so much savor and appreciate and are grateful for those FaceTime calls. You know, he and I look at each other and talk about how special we are to each other. And we, you know, we actually, you know, look at each other on that FaceTime call. And it is so special. It would not have happened this way if it wasn't for COVID. I don't know if that makes sense to you. So No, it does. That makes a lot of sense. In the midst of this thing, this bad thing that we don't want to have happen, you know, I want to be able to jump on a plane and go spend a week with him, but I can't do that. But I can talk to him on FaceTime and see him and it can be really special which it is. And it's really deepened our relationship. Oh, that's great. Well, how about we go into the five types of resilience that you've mentioned a couple times here? Sure. Should we start with the first one? The first type is physical resilience. So what is that? And how can we be more physically resilient, Mike? Physical resilience is all about moving. It's all about getting up, getting out of our chair, Before COVID, before I was sent home to work from home, I got a lot more steps than I do now. In fact, I kept track of it and I've lost 3,000 steps because I used to be on the go a lot at work. And now I'm sitting at home doing everything from computer. So it's different. And physical resilience is just about moving, getting up, move however you move. And people who get up every 30 minutes and move for one to two minutes have been shown to be healthier than people who sit all day long, but who exercise for 30 minutes. So imagine like a computer programmer, type, type, typing ring, never gets up, rarely gets up, but is thinking in his mind, I'm going to work out on my treadmill tonight for 30 minutes. So I'm healthy. The science says otherwise. 
Now, he is healthier than if he did not exercise. Let's make sure that's clear. Exercising, the science has shown, 30 minutes of exercise is fabulous for your health. However, people who get up every 30 minutes and move for one to two minutes are actually going to be healthier than this guy who sits off all day long in his seat, but exercises for 30 minutes. So that, that shows the power of simple everyday moving. And you move in all sorts of different ways. You move when you get up and go get a cup of coffee in the kitchen. You move when you get up and have to use the bathroom. One of my little secrets is stay hydrated because you're going to have to go (laughs) to the bathroom. And that means you have to get up out of your chair. So hydrating is good for your body in a couple of different ways. Um, Yeah, you're getting up to go get the water, but then you have to get up again to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Perfect. It's like a built-in movement machine. (laughs) Yeah, we are. Think about that. Our bodies are a built-in movement machine. So other ways that we we clean the house, right? We do the dishes we cook. Not many people cook sitting down. Now, some people need to sit. They may have some physical problem, but they still might be able to move some part of their body. The average kind of person is standing at the counter moving while they make the meal. Mm -hmm. Perhaps you walk your dog. You do the laundry. Some people have to go down in the basement to do their laundry. And you get to put in those steps on the stairs. No, I just said you get to. Physical resilience really, this idea really brings out the difference between I get to versus I have to. Mm. I have to as I'm stuck. I have to go downstairs and check the laundry as opposed to, oh, it's time to check the laundry. I get to put in some steps. Yeah. One of the things that can be very helpful that just about anybody can do is to count their steps. And if you have a phone, a smartphone, you have an app hardwired in your phone, a health app that is already counting your steps. The science shows that people who keep track of their progress towards a goal are more likely to achieve the goal. And keeping track is essentially for physical resilience is counting your steps. So how many steps a day do you get? And if you keep track of your progress using some kind of app or some, you know, maybe a Fitbit or you have an Apple phone or you just have a regular pedometer, you know, it's going to keep track of it for you. If you keep track of it, you'll do better. So physical resilience You walk the dog, that's physical resilience. You do yard work, you shovel the snow or push the snowblower, you're getting physical resilience. And I challenge people to keep track of all of that by counting your steps. I like the idea that you mentioned it's these little movements that we do periodically throughout the day. Because I think what I find in many people, and I do this sometimes myself too, when it comes to movement or exercise, physical activity, whatever you want to call it, we get stuck in we're either not doing the 30 minutes or we're all in and we're going too hard, right? It's almost like it's an either or kind of thing rather than this middle ground area where we're doing something and it's good and it's Mm -hmm. healthy for our body and our mind. (laughs) Yes. And so when I'm teaching people about achieving goals, one of the first things we do is to set a realistic goal, a goal that you can achieve and a goal, especially when it's a movement kind of goal, like an exercise movement kind of goal and one that's not going to hurt your body. You know, you said you're all in. Well, you know, a lot of times people go all in and they end up hurting themselves by overdoing and then they have to back off. And a lot of times people just quit and they go, you know, see, I can't exercise. 
when what we really need to do is to take it slow and easy. Physical resilience, you're already doing it. You know, and maybe you can use the physical activities that you do as a way to increase your activity. So, for example, if you walk your dog every day, maybe you add a couple of blocks to your walk. Mm-hmm. Now, I used to, before COVID, I used to say the grocery store was a great example. You go to the grocery store, are you a person who purposely walks every aisle because you can, right? There's that difference between mm-hmm. I get to versus I have to. God, I have to go to the grocery store. I'm just going to get in and out. Now, since COVID, we are doing that. We're getting in and out because that's a health issue. But back in the day, and we will get back to that day, you know, are you the person who goes an extra round at the mall? You know, so let's say you go to the mall, you got to pick something up at one side of the mall. Do you just make yourself walk the whole mall just because you can, right? Yeah. That's yeah. Uh, an example of physical resilience. People work out in the garden, physical resilience, raking leaves. I mentioned shoveling snow, cleaning the house, chasing around your kids if you have uh, young <laughs> children. All of those are examples of physical resilience. How about we move on to the second type of resilience, which is mental resilience. What is that and how can we be more mentally resilient? Mental resilience is a good example of mindset about how we think of things. Going back to all of these components of resilience, these are all things that you do every day. We're going to touch on things that you do every day. So in essence, you don't have to learn anything new. You just need to do what you already do. Maybe you want to do it even more. So there's some research that shows that if we do something every day and we find out that this thing that we're doing is good for us and contributes to our health, our mindset is likely to shift to be more of a, I get to do this rather than I have to do this. And it becomes better for us. We're more likely to do it. And so with mental resilience, there's two sides to mental resilience. If you think of two sides of the coin, one side of the coin is that mindset we have about things that happen in our lives. When stress happens in our life, what's your mindset about it? Are you a, I can do this rather than I'm stuck? Oh no, that's a part of mindset. I can do this. I can do something that will help me feel better, that will help me get through this. The other side of the mental resilience coin that I really like is mental resilience is a lot about being a curious person, being a person who is easily fascinated and learns. In other words, is a lifelong learner. This is really important because mental resilience is about keeping your brain active and growing. And so people who have hobbies tend to be mentally resilient. So you imagine that you have a hobby of brewing beer. That would be a popular one in Wisconsin. Well, you're going to need to learn a lot about that, aren't you? And yeah. uh, I have I have several hobbies. One of them is I'm a watercolor painter, and I am just really interested in supplies learning about supplies, about different kinds of paint and brushes. That's an example of being a curious, lifelong learner, which makes sense because if you're a curious, lifelong learner, uh, you encounter a stressful situation, you're probably not going to let yourself be a victim of it. You're probably going to figure out how to get out of the situation and how to learn and grow from the situation. So that's what mental resilience is. So if you can imagine Just for a second, I'm uh, inviting the listeners to think of what are the kinds of things that really are fascinating to you? It really pique your curiosity and interest. That's where your mental resilience resides. So that's mental resilience. 
okay, so we need to be more curious and lifelong learners, just always open to learning about new things. Yeah. And to me, you know, life can easily become boring. And what a great way to kind of get a little bit more interest and activity than learning something. There are a lot of health benefits that come from being a lifelong learner. Overall, people who are lifelong learners have better health, physical health. Their mental health is better. If they have a mental health challenge, they're more likely to do better in recovery from that. People who are lifelong learners manage stress better. Well, I think those are great words to end on, Mike. Mike, you always have such great things to share with our listeners, so much so that I thought I would turn this episode on resilience into a two-parter. So work on physical and mental resilience, everyone, all the tips Mike shared with us today, and then join us next week as we talk about the last three kinds of resilience. Thank you so much for listening. And as we always say, be the ruler of your own heart. Goodbye. Thank you for joining us on the Queen of Hearts podcast. Our podcast is recorded here at the Karen Yance Women's Cardiac Awareness Center inside Aurora St. Luke's Medical Center in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. For more heart-healthy tips, info, recipes, and more, visit our website at www.karenyancecenter.org, like us on Facebook at Karen Yance Center, and follow us on Pinterest. If you like what you hear, subscribe to our show and be sure to tell us. Until next time, be ruler of your own heart.